welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, it's the offseason, but... The news just keeps rolling on for this team, doesn't it? I love it. I love that every day I have a sense of uh, we're going to talk about something and it's going to be fresh. So it's great. (laughs) It's great for us. We call that job security, T. Frank. Exactly. We're needed. (laughs) We're needed. Uh, We've been doing a position-by-position analysis We've, if you want to hear what we've done previously, we've gone through running backs, line, offensive line, wide receivers. But um, today we're going to do linebackers. But before we get there, talking of news, T. Frank, just this week, I considered a little bit of a surprise, uh, I guess. I didn't think things were trending Penn State's way. But transfer portal offensive lineman Hunter Norzad. He was in demand, and he ended up choosing Penn State. Uh, what are the Nittany Lions getting with him? Uh, the first thing I'll, I'll say is the thing that stands out is his tenacity as a blocker. Uh, jolt on contact, and um, I don't know if he has overwhelming power, but he does make a difference in the run game on his level. What that translates to in the Big Ten, everyone can be spectacle. Everyone can be skeptical or positive, depending on what they want to be. But I do see run blocking skill on his tape, uh, and then from there, uh, uh, just a smart football player, great technician. He's got a long arm uh, technique and pass protection. He knows his assignments. He's aware. He's passing off stunts. Gets the proper side of his blocker. Uh, there is some comparison in that sense to Eric Wilson coming from Harvard and then you know Hunter Norzad coming from Cornell of smart blocker that, that gets in the way and maybe isn't overwhelming, but is I would say Norzad is a more feisty, tenacious, I called him a brawler the other day. If that's kind of his mentality. It's what I see on film from him. Um, but just overall a good football player that is going to play on the inside. Played right tackle for Cornell. Arms aren't very long from what I can see. I don't have an accurate measurement, but he's definitely an interior player. Um, So he's going to be battling it out for one of the guard positions at Penn State and is a veteran depth player smart. I think it's a great pickup for Penn State. You mentioned Eric Wilson, and we all have a tendency. Last week I was talking about Tyrese Mills, the safety from Lackawanna. Safety from Lackawanna, immediately the comparison is Jaquan Brisker, and uh, Jair Brown. Ivy League interior lineman, automatically the comparison is Eric Wilson. Um, Can you at least give us... Eric Wilson, I think, was underwhelming. Is that a proper description of his performance? Maybe for everyone on the offensive line last year. Well, what are you expecting? So that's, that's the conversation I've been having with people about Eric Wilson in uh, retrospect now with Hunter Norzad is what were you expecting from Eric Wilson? Because if you're expecting him to come in and be a Landon Dickerson uh, who went from, I think it was Arkansas to Alabama, uh, no, he was never that sort of player. He was exactly what you got 
uh, was a good pass protector. He was he was by PFF standards, uh, their pass blocking metrics and their and their grading. He was Penn State's best pass blocker last year. He allowed one sack. He was good. He was the best player in true pass protection pass protection situations. So when it's third and seven and you know they're coming, he was their best pass protector. But he was never going to be an overwhelming run blocker. That was not his job. That was the guys around him to be good at that, and he would help out and be a technician. So yeah, the, the offensive line was underwhelming, but if we start lumping everybody into the same category and, and grading everyone on the same level, there are other players that were supposed to be the elite guys on the line that did not live up to that. Uh, I, I thought Eric Wilson did what he was supposed to do, uh, and I would say Hunter Norzad has a similar profile with maybe a little more run-blocking juice. We'll take run <laughs> run blocking juice because we didn't have a lot of run blocking juice last year. All right, yeah. T. Frank, that's the the transfer portal talk. Let's now shift to where we were supposed to go for today's show, and that's talking about the linebackers in our continuing series of um, position analysis. So with the linebackers, before we get into the individual players, let me start with this. For all of our listeners, we are not all the expert type that you are, analyze films and and grade the players. So when I grew up, you had a middle linebacker and two outside linebackers. That's how you defined it. Now you hear uh, Mike, the Will, the Sam. Before we get into the players, could you first just describe the positions and what the responsibilities are? Sure. I'm glad you started where you did, because uh, even back when uh, everything was in sepia tones and and Flintstones, there was the position designations that we're going to get into. And they meant more, I think, then than they do now. So let's start with the Sam linebacker, because that's the one that's undergone the most radical change. Previously, the Sam linebacker or strong side, S for Sam, S for strong side, was the uh, guy who covered the tight end and took on fullbacks in the hole. He was a physical, big-bodied box linebacker who also had coverage skills because he was the guy that had to cover the tight end. But tight ends were just tackles that ran was all they were at one point, you know, outside of the the Hall of Famers uh, in the NFL and things like that. So that guy in modern college football with the spread is now... Curtis Jacobs. He is the hybrid safety that plays in space and is responsible for covering the flat. So typically, if you go by the the short side and the long side of the field, the field side is the long side, the boundary side, boundary meaning the, the short side towards the sideline. The Sam linebacker is still on the strong side of the formation, still on the field side. But his responsibilities are if there's a three by one set and there's three receivers out there on the long side of the football field, that screams screen in modern college football. So you want a physical guy who can go blow up a screen, but also is strong enough to play in run defense and and every you know has to be present in the run game in the box to keep you sound in the uh, outer edges, outer gaps of the tackle box, either outside the tackle or just inside, depending on how you're going to run that. And there's a thousand different variations. There's a thousand different scenarios, but this is the general side of that position. The will linebacker is the other linebacker. Now, previously, this was a guy who used to be a safety that would drop into the box. That is a guy who is fast, explosive, playmaker, but maybe is the undersized of the trio. With the way that it works now is that you have so few players. The Sam is now out in orbit. 
you have to have another linebacker, at least this is the way Penn State plays, another linebacker in the box. So I differentiate them between box linebackers and the Sam. Uh, in Penn State's defense, they trip typically find their freak athletes and put them at the will position. Six foot two to six foot four, 235 to 245 pounds. Runs like a deer, hits like a Mack truck. Be able to play in space, be able to cover the slot occasionally, depending on the uh, the alignment and the and the formation. But really what they're doing is they're the chase player. They're still coming from the backside and chasing things down, or they're you know, playing in the flat and those big time plays you saw from Brandon Smith, where he's going out and just eviscerating running backs coming out of the flat. That's kind of his job. Then you have the Mike, who has the most traditional, hasn't really changed sort of positional discipline, but because the field is so stretched, he can't be a monster in the middle. He can't be 250 pounds and slow. All your linebackers have to be able to run, especially in coverage. But the Mike linebacker can be, I would say, the least athletic of the three. And that's not saying a whole lot because ideally you have three guys that are 240 pounds and run a 4-5, you know, and and can cover and hit and, and tackle and all those things. But the Mike linebacker, his primary job is still run defense because there will be at times when you're facing super spread teams that he's the only linebacker between the tackles. And you got five guys in there stopping five run uh, blockers. So he's got to be stout against the run, but he has to be able to command the middle of the defense as a zone coverage player. In certain man situations, he does get the quarterback spy and the running back at times, so less pressure on him as a coverage player. Until you face a Justin Fields or a uh, Sean Clifford that runs a 4-5 in a straight line, and that guy has to be able to get to him. So... Those are the three positions, and those are their very generalized sort of responsibilities. Let's start with what we're coming from, which was last year. It was pretty well-defined. These are the three starters. These are the three guys. And, and that was Ellis Brooks in the middle, flanked by Curtis Jacobs and Brandon Smith. Now, you said Brandon Smith was the Will. Curtis Jacobs was the Sam, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. So that's what we're starting with. Let's go with the what I'll call the easiest for us to um, comprehend, which is that middle linebacker. That was Ellis Brooks. I thought he did a real nice job last year. In fact, I, yep. I was very, you know pleasantly surprised. There were he made some plays. I he looked more athletic than I thought he was um, in that season. Did a great job. He's gone. It doesn't feel like there was an error apparent there. There, it, there wasn't a guy ready to step right in. And there was take no Ellis Brooks, right? right? There was no Ellis Brooks <laughs> behind Ellis Brooks, who played two seasons before he started, and was in as a, I think a redshirt freshman, um, and, and was was a really early on. You could see his vision and his intelligence. And yeah, underrated athleticism. People only see speed and they don't see quickness and they don't see the initial burst out of your stance sometimes. And he was a fluid athlete that could evade blockers without running around them. And that's how he made a lot of plays was you just see him dip underneath a guy and like the guy whiffs, the, the blocker whiffs, and then he goes in, he's in a good position to then wrap up and tackle uh, the running back or, or take on a blocker and let somebody else get to the running back. So he did a lot of smart things. But he used what is athleticism in a different sense to do it. 
I would use the word anticipation. Sometimes yep. when you say, hey, that guy was quick because how did he get there so quickly? Well, the fact is he anticipated the play. That's why he got there. And as you mentioned, he had playing time going into last season. He was the guy you knew coming into the season was going to be the guy. Right now, who's the guy coming into well, 22? It does say something, and it, it, looking back on it, um, no linebacker outside of the starting three got more than 150 snaps on the field. Even Car Charlie Catcher, who was the primary backup, nobody got snaps, which tells you Penn State likes to rotate players. They like to get defenders on the football field, and nobody they felt safe with in meaningful snaps. Now, Tyler Elsden came on the field, Kobe King, and... Uh, Jamari Budden all came on the field during mop-up duty or certain situations in certain games, but none of them saw the field. So the two guys that did when uh, when the chips were down, or really the one that did in the bowl game, was Tyler Elsden. So he would be the first guy we mentioned, and then Kobe King would be the other one behind him, the redshirt freshman, who is great, great size, a little bit like Ellis Brooks, but maybe a little bigger when it comes to his abilities. Okay. We're going to pick it up right from that point, uh, uh, T. Frank. Great job in explaining the positions. We're going to start talking about the individual players as we go into quarter number two. Stay tuned. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.